You don't know what a person has been through. And you cannot judge a person's actions without knowing the whole story. And now for When the Pastor Falls. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother... You need the word. Now, today's service may run longer than normal because I heard God simply say at the end of service, I want you to ask the people who feel this to come down. And those who have been judges, I will erase and clean their judgments. And you'll understand this from the message for today. I have to admit, some of these messages I really needed to sit down on, and this is one of those type of messages. And there's a lot currently on social media concerning a mega pastor. And today I'm led to a simply address a subject entitled, When the Pastor Falls. When the pastor And God spoke this. He says, the same things that makes the pastor fall makes the people fall. Same things. The same things that makes the pastor fall makes the people fall. And I'm going to read a mountain wings issue. I wrote this 23 years ago. It's entitled, So what about Jesse? An inspirational and entertaining email should stay away from controversial stuff. But these are the things that we all deal with daily. So what about Jesse? Jesse Jackson was the major subject of conversation today. For those of you who have been off hiking in a deep cave somewhere where neither television, radio, email, cell phone, or pager could reach. That's about the only way you didn't hear about Jesse's child. Here's a brief summary. Reverend Jesse Jackson released a press statement that he had a two-year-old child by a woman who worked for him. Of course, this is not his wife. Nothing has ever ignited public curiosity like a good sex scandal. I use the word good not referring to the thing is good, but from a gossip standpoint, it's unbeatable. Just as the Monica thing held the headlines for so long, Jesse will now have his share of the limelight. So what about Jesse? Was Jesse wrong? Of course he was. That's not the point of this mountain wing. No matter what his reasons, the simple virtue of him being a national religious leader warranted him not projecting such an image. He was wrong, period. Have you ever been wrong? I hear some of you saying, not today, and I didn't make a mistake that big. More accurately, the world doesn't put your mistakes on TV. And you just didn't get caught with some of the things you did. 
Neither your opinion nor mine matters to Jesse or Bill. They both have a hailstorm of opinion already. Even now, Clinton is being drawn in because Reverend Jesse visited Clinton with the pregnant woman. At the White House, your voice simply won't be heard amidst the clamor of media and the public. In other words, it doesn't matter to them what you think, what you say, they will never know. But your opinion does matter. It matters to you. How you judge others shapes your world, your heart, and your view. Give them a break for your own sake. Can you carry 300 pounds on your back the length of a football field? What does 300 pounds on a football field have to do with Jesse, you ask? I'll explain. Some men, very strong ones, can carry 300 pounds on their back down a football field. Some can, but the vast majority can't. Most have no idea of the pressures of the famous and public life. For famous, good-looking, powerful, ambitious, highly motivated, and driven men to even walk through an airport is an experience to behold. The crowd surrounds them. They want autographs, a word, a touch, a picture, an acknowledgement, or even just a glimpse. When you see a really famous person just driving down the street, your heart speeds up. Just being in the vicinity excites you. The crowd goes crazy. Some of that crowd consists of very beautiful and willing women. Not prostitutes or loose women, but women who are awed by the presence and power of such men. Under normal circumstances, they would never consider a married man. But these are not normal married men. They are celebrities. They constantly deal with every day women who literally throw themselves at you. No, not all of them do, but it doesn't take but one every now and then. It's a great weight. It's like carrying 300 pounds on your back down a football field. Most men can't carry that load. Neither Jesse nor Bill succumbed to the public women. Bill had some rumors as governor, but nothing significant except Monica as president. This is the first revealing of Jesse's dalliance. Both were not with women from the public, but women they worked around every day. One common statement was, that Monica was not exactly gorgeous. Oh, you heard and probably said that too. It wasn't about beauty. A picture of the mother of Jesse's child has not hit the media yet. It will, but I will bet you people will say that Jesse was not with her for her great beauty either. Both Bill and Jesse had very beautiful women available to them. They carried that load well. It was the everyday things that got to them, not the glamorous and exotic. So it is with our lives. It's the everyday things, not the exotic, that usually makes or breaks our world. Jesse got weak. After a long marriage, five children, maybe the typical male, middle, or late-age crisis, a young woman, a seeming reassurance of manhood, Jesse got weak. 
I have seen the constant everyday pressure celebrities undergo. I have been in the presence of a few, including Jesse Jackson. Jesse was the guest speaker at a function that my father hosted more than 20 years ago. He was famous then. The crowd surrounded him then. He could barely get through the airport then. Celebrity weight is more than 300 pounds, and it's longer than a football field. It's easy to say what you would not do, but then you don't carry the weight, and you are not in the position. Don't even begin to judge it unless you have experienced it. Everything looks easy on TV and in the movies. A celebrity is a celebrity everywhere but in their own homes. When they get home, they are regular folk with regular problems plus 300 pounds. Think about that. Think of the things that you have to resist that come at you each day. How do you do on your diet? See what I mean? I make no excuses for Jesse or Bill, but I do understand the weight and I cannot judge. Neither can you. Most who crucify cannot stand the light of public scrutiny themselves if the public knew the truth. One day, maybe not this day, but one day, you too will make a major mistake. It won't make national headlines or even local news. No one may know about it but one other person. From that one person, you will need understanding and forgiveness. It's a lot easier to get understanding and forgiveness when you have given it. Far too often, we are unable to forgive ourselves for past mistakes. Jesse's most popular saying is, I am somebody. He is somebody. He is a mixture of dust and divinity as we all are. He is now a somebody with one of his mistakes made public. The dust needs understanding and forgiveness. For most dust gets weak under heavy loads. So what about Jesse? That's up to you. Remember, he won't hear what you say about him. But you will. Could you stand your greatest mistakes made public? I didn't think so. That was 23 years ago. That was dealing with Reverend Jesse Jackson. So God just kind of led me today to talk about when the pastor falls. Jesus said in Matthew 7, starting at the first verse, the NIV version, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. A mega pastor is someone when they fall, it makes national news. Most of us, if we fall, no one outside of our circles will ever know about it. If you get caught, whether you're a man or a woman, cheating, it's not going to make Channel 2 news at 11. 
I would guess that there are perhaps 50 mega pastors in the U.S. who would fit the profile where they would be considered newsworthy and would make the news if they got caught with some public mess. Perhaps 50. But most of us, the world is never going to know outside of a small circle. There are perhaps 50 mega pastors, but my guess is there are pastors who fall every single hour, just as there are congregation members who fall about every 10 seconds. So what about when the pastor falls? The only difference between a mega pastor, a pastor, and you is celebrity status. They got the same issues, the same flesh, the same strengths, the same weaknesses, but perhaps more pressure than the average because they're put on a pedestal. And it causes more of a challenge with so many. Now, a pastor is called to a different standard. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says this. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, deacons must be reverent not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, but let those also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their houses well, for those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and a great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's just for a bishop and a deacon. I always wonder why didn't the Bible say priests and pastors? That's bishop and deacon. I ain't neither one of them. But it is difficult. The point is, for even those in leadership in churches, it's difficult. And you got all these standards to hold up to. So pastors are held to a higher level and a different standard, but they've got a load. And I just want to talk about a few things just dealing with when the pastor falls. Number one, the full truth is rarely public. What you hear about, that ain't all. And I'm not talking about a specific situation. I'm just talking about as a principle in general, what you hear, what hits the news, what hits the gossip line is only a snippet. 
it's nothing but a sound bite of all of the stuff that's happening. You can imagine about your life. When somebody hears something about you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That ain't all. So number one, what you hear, the full truth is rarely public. I have been in some business situations and I've been involved in some inner boardrooms and some stuff and the stuff that the public knows and the whole truth, they're different worlds apart. I have been in some ministries and I have been in some inside conferences with them and I've seen some mess going on and the public found out about a little of the mess and what the public knew compared to the whole story, they only knew just a sliver of what all was going on. So number one, the full truth is rarely public. Number two, you don't know what a person has been through. And you cannot judge a person's actions without knowing the whole story. You don't know what they have gone through. Most of the men who end up molesting children, and this happened perhaps most with the Catholic Church, but what they discover is that most child molesters were molested themselves. And there's a spirit that got in them that caused them to do what they did. Most molesters have been molested. You don't know what somebody has gone through. It's easy to look from the outside and say, they just, that's just a shame. They are not you don't know what they've gone through. You don't know who bothered them or who took advantage of them, who, you know, one of the biggest, I think she is the largest female pastor, Joyce Myers. I think she's the largest female pastor in the country. And she publicly tells her story that her daddy raped her over and over when she was young. And this thing caused major trauma, but it also shaped who she was. Now, who would have thought looking at Joyce Myers and the way she preaches and the way she teaches, who would have thought she'd have gone through all that? But she went through it and she had to go through it. It shaped who she was and she had to overcome all this stuff. But most folk never overcome it. And then it creates behaviors that sometimes only manifest in the private life. You still don't know what effects it has on folk. And you cannot look at folk and tell what they've been through. You cannot do that. So number two, you don't know what a person has been through. And number three, I will tell you this. When the pastors fall, don't stay where you can't trust. Because you cannot receive when you cannot trust. I remember one, and actually he was a reverend himself, and he was telling me that, he said, man, the church I go to, I don't trust that rascal with a quarter. I don't trust him with the money. I'm saying to myself, if you don't trust him, you can't trust what he says. So if you don't trust, as I mean, you need to go to another church. You don't need to stay there in the midst of somebody and you don't trust anything they do. You do not need to be sitting under someone that you do not trust. So don't stay where you can't trust. The full truth is rarely public. You don't know what a person has been through. Don't stay where you can't trust. And number four, know God's law. God's law is twisty. 
You've heard me tell this story before, but many, many years ago, God had me start writing a book. He said, I want you to write a book about what my word actually says about relationships and sex. I started writing a book, and after I started writing, I stopped. I said, Lord, I'm discovering some stuff. I, I just don't agree with all this stuff. I stopped. And a few years later, and we had several books out at the time, and I'd even published the title of the book that it was coming out. And the Geraldo show called me. And they said, Pastor Bronner, would you come on my show to talk about your book? Nope. I ain't coming on to talk about that book. I don't found too much stuff. I'm not coming on your show talking about it. And Geraldo was equivalent at the time to Oprah. So he wanted me to come on his show on a national television show and talk about that book. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This stuff is too controversial. I don't found out too much stuff. Matter of fact, I stopped writing the book. It's not even ready. It's not going to get ready. I'm not going to finish this book. And a few years later, God said, you either finish that book or I will shut your business down. So I had to start back, and I knew he was serious. I had to start writing. I finished the book, and it was a New Year's Eve. It was a New Year's Eve. And I finished the book. I came to my office here at the church early that morning. I wrote all day. And God told me, I will give you an audible sign when it is finished. And I thought he was just going to speak to me, let me know it's finished. So I wrote all day. Of course, our watch night service started that night. I finished, stopped writing, closed my computer. And I actually came out here, and I was just sitting in the pulpit. And I noticed back in the choir stand, it was back when we had a banister there. And I noticed there was somebody left some trash. And I stepped over to the banister, and I was picking up the trash. There were several people in the church. And all of a sudden, there was this loud explosion, just boom! And it literally shook the church. The church vibrated. And it came from right over there in that corner. And there was a statue of Jesus in that corner at the time. And everybody in the church rushed over to see what that was. There was nothing. There was no smoke. There was no smell of anything. We looked all through it, and there was nothing. It was perhaps the most real spiritual experience I'd had that other folk saw, too. It wasn't just me. It was about half a dozen folk in that corner looking to see what had caused that explosion. There was nothing. We looked about 30, nothing. I went and I sat back down in my chair, and then I hear God speak. It is finished. I said, Lord, you told me you're going to give me an audible sign. Good grief. (laughs) I mean, but the thing caused an explosion. But what it did, and I had some issues with the book. I still do. And I was complaining. I said, Lord, you know all this stuff here, I'm finding out. I don't know. I'm just fussing. And there's one thing I remember. I remember his answer just as clear as a bell. Who are you to question my word? And it shut me up. Because I had some problems with it. Who are you to question my word? So when I say know God's law, first of all, don't come to me after service asking what was in the book. It ain't published. I ain't going to give you a copy, and I ain't going to explain it. So don't come to me after service asking me, Pastor, what was all that in there? Don't come to me. Don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. That was for me. Don't come to me asking me that stuff. But just even with just all of this stuff with the pastors, and we've seen this 
Not the first time of what's going on now. It's certainly not going to be the last time. So this is a generic message. It's not really talking about any one particular person because it's going to happen over and over. It's been happening over and over. It's going to happen over and over. As long as people are human, whether they are male or female, it's going to keep happening over and over and over. But just for example, just with a male pastor, he can either be single or married. And the decision tree splits whether he's single or whether he's married. He can have sex between a single female, a married female who is not his wife, a close relative, a single male, a married male, or his wife. And most of them things got different biblical rules on them. And it's twisted and it ain't what you think. So this stuff gets deep. So even knowing God's law, sometimes you can't judge the stuff because you don't know the stuff. You think you know it, but you don't. Because I didn't know it. And I call rabbis and I ask them, is this true or not? And I talked to some rabbis because it was Old Testament. And he said, yep, we don't talk about it, but yep, that's a good grief. Number six. So number one, know God's law. And mostly you're not going to know the whole thing because you're not going to spend that kind of time digging and researching on exactly what the Bible says and what the Bible doesn't say. Number six, by the time you hear about it, it's old. By the time you hear about it, it's old. There have been some things that have hit the news about some big pastors. And when it hit the news, I knew about it years before it ever hit the news. Well, Pastor, how do you know about it? Because other pastors know, and they tell me about this stuff. So they told me that this is what's going on here. I knew about that stuff five years before the news ever hit about it. So by the time you hear about it, it's, oh, I just ain't tell y'all about it, but I knew. So I knew about the stuff long before it ever hit the news. It's just like with a lot of the celebrities and stuff, folk inside know about it. Just don't hit the news. Or it's been hushed up, paid off, shut down, all that kind of stuff. And finally some sneak out and folk just, whoa, this, that ain't just happening. It's been happening. Just like in your world, by the time somebody finds out about something, it's like your body. By the time a health issue manifests on the outside, it's been going on. By the time it show up on the outside, it ain't new. It's been going on. So the same thing it is with disease within the church or disease within your life. By the time it shows on the outside, it's been going on. So by the time you hear about it, it's old. Number seven, God will lead you where you should go or stay. So when the pastor falls, you need to ask God, Lord, do I need to get out of here or do I need to stay? And see, fall can be different things. Sometimes the pastor may do or say something you just don't agree with. It's just like when I told you all who I was going to vote for for president. Now, <laughs> some of y'all might say, I'm leaving that rascal. <laughs> I am not going to stay here. And that's who that rascal going to vote for. So you need to ask God whether you need to go or stay. And God will answer you with that. And I've had instances where I've been a part of some things and I just wanted to leave. I said, Lord, this stuff ain't good. No, you stay right there. I said, but can't, nope, you stay right there. When it is time for you to leave, it will come externally. You won't make the decision. And sure enough, it came externally. The thing blew up to pieces and I didn't have to make the decision. And that was the reason he had me stay there. So sometimes you need to understand if the pastor falls, and this message is really not for people in this church because I hope none of us ever fall, but 
It's a generic message that will benefit some other people because pastors have been falling all throughout history and they will continue to fall. So God will lead you whether you should go or stay. And number eight, don't put your faith in flawed leaders. And all of us are flawed. You don't put your faith in a leader because leaders just got the same issues you got. So don't put your faith in men or women because they will let you down. You put your faith in Jesus. It is not to be placed in a man. It is not to be placed in a woman. It's not to be placed in an organization. You don't put your faith in things on this earth because those things will let you down. They are not perfect. They are flawed. And we are men and we are women and we are flesh. So pastors are flesh. And when the pastor falls, you go down that list. And God said simply at the end, for you just to invite up the judges. And I'm going to wipe their judgments clean. And some of you have judged others harshly. And they may have deserved to be judged, but you don't know. You don't know what they went through. I remember I was in California. I was in a hotel at a convention. And I was getting breakfast at the buffet line. And I had all this fruit on this plate. And I saw this man coming by. He was out of shape. I could tell he was out of shape. He had all this greasy food on. He had just all this bacon and he had sausage and he had a whole pile of scrambled eggs and grits just swimming and buttered and he had his bread just buttered slathered all over it and then he had a big cinnamon roll on the side of it and whoo this plate was loaded down and I'm looking at this man I'm saying look at this man he is all out of shape look at what this man is eating that's a shame and then God spoke to me, and he said, this man is doing the best that he knows to do. You got all that fruit on your plate, and you know you ought not to eat some of that fruit with some of the other fruits. I'm sitting there judging this man's sausage and cinnamon rolls. He said, that man is doing the best that he knows to do. You're not even doing what you know to do. And it taught me about judging. Because some people are given more than others. Some people are dealing with more than others. So when you judge another person, number one, he says, judge not lest ye be judged. For you will be judged in the same measure that you judge others. And you don't know what's going on in that world. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what caused and shaped them to behave the way that they do. You don't know. And had you gone through the same thing, or if you had to deal with the same thing, you might be worse. He said, that man is doing the best of his knowledge. And you know not to combine some of that fruit together. God can get you told. And he can set you straight and open up some truth. A lot of times we just don't want to hear truth because it's rough. But I've learned God tries to take us to another level. It's time now for service to be in. That's why he said today you're going to run over time because 
I want the judges to come forward, and I'm going to wipe their judgments clean. Now, whether you come forward or not, that up to you. I ain't got nothing to do with that, and I can't wipe it clean. God said he's going to wipe it clean. And you've harshly judged some other folk. And it's not saying that they weren't wrong. That's not the point. Jesus said, judge not, for you will be judged in the same measure. And how many of us want to be judged like we don't judge other folk? Because <laughs> some of us rough. We be rough on other folk. I mean, we just judge them to no end. They ain't doing right. They ain't half doing their job. They ain't half doing it. They ain't doing that. They ain't do. We can be rough. But we don't want to be judged with the same harshness that we judge others. He said, at the end, you shall call the judges forth. And I will wash their judgments clean. I don't judge folk. And I don't know what they've gone through. Most of the time, you don't even know the folk. You don't know what they've gone through, but you've judged them. You've judged them harshly. And you don't want to be judged with the same harshness that you've judged others. So at this point, I'm just going to ask the judges. And you know you've judged. If there's nobody come forth, that's it. You're going to close on out. But God says this. He said, ask the judges to come forward. And I will wash their judgments clean. And I need to put a proxy down there for me. Because, yeah, shoot, I need that myself because I have judged folks. I sure have. I ain't going to lie about that. I sure have. That's me, that Lord. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I have judged folk. Oh, James said, I skipped number five. Let me go down my list and read it. I may not have named it. Number one, the full truth is rarely public. Number two, you don't know what a person has been through. Number three, don't stay where you can't trust. Number four, know God's law. You're right. I don't even have a five here. I sure did. So really, it was not 87. So number five is by the time you hear about it, it's old. Number six, God will lead you whether you should go or stay. And number seven, not number eight, don't put your faith in flawed leaders. So that's right. Don't judge. See, I made a mistake right there. You see what I'm talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So this is not me because I'm a flawed leader myself. God simply says, call the judges forward and I will cleanse their judgments. Bow your heads, raise your hands, open palms. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand before you humbled and father we stand before you as judges for we have judged others harshly we have judged them without full knowledge we have judged them because sometimes to judge others make us feel better regardless of our reasons regardless of our rationale regardless of our motivations and our emotions at the time lord we have judged and Father, we pray right now that every person standing before you, that as you have declared, you shall wipe their judgments clean. All of the condemnation, all of the criticism, all of the nitpicking that we have done with others, 
ye shall wipe their judgments clean. So, Father, right now as we stand and as you clear and clean, Father, send us forth and let us, regardless of what the news says, regardless of how it looks to us or others, Father, let us go forth and judge no more. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and, and amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out, and it's good to be, you know, paired up and catch your errors. Amen. We thank Pastor for that much-needed message. Amen. And, and he talked about when pastors fall, and he talked about how pastors are a mixture of dust and divinity. But I was reading this past week, and I was telling my wife as I thought about it, even those that were all divinity without flesh, they're angels. Even they fail when they looked at women. <laughs> they didn't even have any dust, and they, <laughs> they still came down and disobeyed. <laughs> and they literally fell from heaven. <laughs> so how much more can we expect from pastors who have physical flesh and the divine beings? All they failed, a third of them. So we thank God for his grace and mercy and even forgiving the judges on today. Amen. Where to close us out, I'm going to ask Reverend George. He's fresh from praying over the oil all week, and I'm going to ask him to come close us out. You all can stand to your feet. and pastor's youngest son. Amen. <laughs> No words, just bow your heads for a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I just thank you for all that is, to be honest. There's so many words that could be said, and yet the only two that I find truly fitting for this occasion is thank you. And so we pray in the name of Jesus and by the spirit of truth. Thank you and amen. Amen. Have a blessed week, everybody. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, When the Pastor Falls, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2023. That's 2023. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 2023 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's I wanttogive.com Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word from brothers of the word.